Welcome to Brand Slam, the Winning Brands podcast. This is episode seven, a humankind of AI. Here are your hosts, Steve Rosa and Joe Kayata. Hello and welcome to Brand Slam. I'm Joe Kayata alongside Adventures founder and CEO, Steve Rosa. Steve, today we are tackling one of the hottest topics out there right now, AI, artificial intelligence. There is so much to get to on this topic, but let's have you start the conversation with how we here at Adventures are embracing this tool. Adventures started in 1989 when I saw the internet coming and how that was gonna change everything uh, in commerce. It was going to give the power to consumers that they'd never had before. Well, now here it is decades later, AI, that same shift is coming, but it's not just for business, it's for everything. And for more on this hot topic, we bring in Adventures Senior Vice President, Executive Producer, and our resident AI expert, Scott Maoki, who's been tracking AI for some time. Scott, it seems like AI is evolving daily. Where is it now? And how much more can this evolve really going forward, Scott? Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me. And if I can interrupt, uh, I got to shout out Scott. He is a wartime veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, Scott. Very welcome. I'm the reason why you're free. Just make sure you remember that every the paycheck, every, never every that. night when you go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me here. I love to talk about some AI things. So where it is and where it's going, it moves incredibly fast. I think we've seen with uh, you know ChatGPT launching over the last year uh, and generative AI, which we're talking about, which is uh, large language models writing image generation, text, audio, it's its moved really fast for 12 months. Uh, I remember even seeing uh, what it could do from a writing perspective or image uh, early last year, uh, which was laughable <laughs> on some levels. And now it's very indistinguishable uh, from some human type writing uh, and or generation. So I think it will continue to evolve and get exponentially faster uh, over the next 12 and 24 months. It's moving so fast. It feels like ChatGBT has been around for a decade already. Right. And it's only been a year. We're seeing with AI, it's such exponentially faster. I don't think we're ready to understand the level of change that will happen in a shorter period of time. For instance, in 12 months time period that we've seen even with ChatGBT, it's probably been about three years of change in that short time frame that we're used to. So I think it would just get exponentially faster, especially with machine learning. And as the algorithms train 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As craftspeople, right, um, you know, writers, editors, producers, journalists, there's nothing we do the same way we, we do professionally, the way we did, other than the way we treat people, other than our dedication to quality of, of our craft. All the tools are different. I remember early in my career, that was the first digital shift, the burgeoning of the internet age, the digital age, right? Um, I saw these incredible artists with hand of God talent that resisted the new technology and they became obsolete. They became dinosaurs in their career. They refused to acknowledge that this new technology could help them create more and better of their craft. The theme of this is human kind of AI. How are we doing things differently here at Adventures that makes it so it is a human kind of AI and we can embrace this and move on with this? Well, one of our founding uh, guiding principles was simplify complexity for humanity. And we still try to do that every day. It's a simple premise. Brands that make it easier for people to engage 
are the most successful brands on the planet. From A to Z, Apple to Zappos, which is owned by Amazon, right? Uh, if you make it easy for people, I, I never thought I would buy shoes and sneakers online, you know, without trying them on and going to a store, but they made it so easy to return, to buy, to choose. If you simplify complexity for humanity, um, your brand will win. So we always believe and we never forget that technology must serve humanity, not the other way around. And that's a good point. I think simplifying complexity for humanity is one of the founding principles that we have. And that really is everything that we do, we try to remove the friction point from the client. And to the point of bringing in the humanity of it is that it's very important when it comes to any new technology is the human element. Because we always say, well, is it the tool or is it the person using the tool? So for instance, you know, back in the day for cameras, you know, we'd have a really high-end camera come out. And why does my content when I used to direct and shoot look better than somebody else's? Well, it's not the tool, it's the person. So the same thing with AI, it's the person using that. AI is not gonna take somebody's job or replace you, but somebody else using it will, right? Somebody much more talented can, can augment what they do uh, and bring their skill set up much, much higher. We feel that you know the, the critical thinking aspect of the person and of the colleague is the most important thing to be able to think critically. We look at all the other major consultancies out there that everybody seems to be focused on the process and productivity. And we don't see enough consultancies out there talking about people and purpose. Yeah. And I think we've been really lucky to have the people that we have here who I find uh, from a from a creative standpoint, technology and strategy to be the best around. And we always come up with out of the box solutions to what we're thinking. So we feel, I feel that everybody here is creative and that doesn't mean in drawings or pictures. It's when faced with a challenge or an obstacle, we can think creatively how to overcome that obstacle. Uh, we've done a really good job with any type of new technology or tool or piece of software or hardware, determining what's a fad from a trend, from is it here to stay? And we really evaluate everything to determine well, is it here to stay, right? So there was HD DVD versus Blu-ray back in the day. Which one would survive? Then it was Blu-ray. Well, then when was the last time you rented a DVD? It goes from I do it all the time to it doesn't even exist anymore. I can tell you with the AI and the pivot towards generative AI, it is here to stay and it will fundamentally change how society actually works. It's understanding um, the people that are using the technology, and we we tend to focus on that, and that's that's easy for a culture like ours. We're nice, right? That's an acronym for nurturers with intelligence, character, and energy. It's who we hire. It's how we work with each other every day. So we bring empathy to technology that is just not in large institutions and technology-driven solutions. I think with change comes fear. Everybody is always fearful of change. That's just how it is. But I think there is what we talk around here a lot is the aha moments. And I think for me, when I first got here, I was came from being a journalist. And being a journalist, you really didn't dabble with AI, kind of stayed away from it. But when I got here and I saw and I sat down and I actually saw how AI can be a benefit and it can make more things more efficient. Scott, can you talk about the aha moments that you see people having similar to what I had and now I'm, I'm full on board with AI and, and what it can do to help our process? 
Yeah, I think uh, any, with any type of change, to your point, we all have that fear of not knowing what's actually on the other side to commit to that because it's just a defense mechanism that we've been grown up with, right? I'm not sure if I want to go on the other side because back in the you know, caveman days, it could get you killed, right? So you're predisposed and wired to have that. That being said, I think there's sometimes you need to take leaps of faith to actually move the needle and to ch change things uh, and to change the world. So I think the people that take those risks can see the biggest benefit from that and not be afraid of failing, right? So I think with some of these AI tools and what we're doing, how we have it structured and set up, they're not set up in a way that are gonna do anything that's fundamentally gonna hurt the company or hurt our clients or anything like that. Um, and they're a playground where you, we invite failure. So you have to fail, you have to get things wrong to figure out what's right. But everybody is their own person and individual. So I can't say, well, Joe, I'm not afraid of this. You should just go all in. I can't do that because you have your own point of view of what's good or what's not. So I say, everybody has to have their own aha moment with things. And that aha moment would be something that's a friction point in your life, either personal or professional, or something that's a manual task that you have to do all the time. If you used a tool or had an assistant that could take that off of your plate, that's your aha moment where you go, oh, wow, I didn't know this thing could work like that and this thing could build something that I could do. My aha moment was uh, I took PTO time and just, I can be a little obsessive, you know, like a lot of creatives. And I, um, I, I made my mission to uh, break it. I wanted to break AI. I wanted to prove that, you know, nothing could write as well as I could or create as fast or as more than I could. And I went obsessive. I went dark and I just went and I interrogated AI with prompts. Prompts are the questions you ask to get good inputs out of it. So I went into interrogation mode, right? I asked the same question over and over again, but in very different ways and kept asking and asking and asking and asking. And what I found was I couldn't break AI, but it didn't break my spirit. Um, I found it very empowering after the further I went uh, down that, you know, that aha moment for me was, yeah, this isn't going to replace it. This is going to amplify my gifts, my secret sauce, my special. It gave me a team of, uh, of you know, curious assistants that I could go as, at the speed of my curiosity. The great part about AI, and you'll see is that in the future, and I say future, future is three to six months, everything will be personalized. Absolutely. Meaning, right, you'll have an assistant and I could train my AI, my personal assistant, on how I actually structure creative. So I always structure my creative nine times out of 10 of I figure out what my ending is and I work backwards from there to build my content, my script, my visuals, right? That's just my method. I can train my AI tool to actually think that way. So as I'm feeding it information and it's giving me information back, it's giving me information that's much more aligned with my values in terms of creative or strategy or whatever it is that you would do, right? So you would be using this AI tool as a reflection, a mirror reflection of how you see the world and not necessarily some generic sterile regurgitation of something that it scraped from online. 
it will learn your voice. Um, it, it won't ever capture your human soul, but it will learn your voice. It will learn um, your, your critical thinking. It'll understand what you're looking for, and it will help you get there faster because I think some people mistake AI as like one supercomputer somewhere. You know, no, it's, it's, it's millions, billions of computers all working 24-7, all learning from each other, all churning and churning. No human can compete with that. But what, what they can't, what AI can't compete with is the nuance, um, the, the human aspects, the emotion, the empathy, um, the things that make us truly human. If we can marry the two, um, you know, it can make you unstoppable. Do you think, Scott, that we all sat when Google was coming in? Now Google, like my kids, your kids, Google is just, when you think of, when you want to look at something, you go on Google. If you want to learn how to do something, you go on YouTube. It's just going to be something where AI is a part of your life that you can't go back at some point? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, again, back, It's it will be ubiquitous at some point, meaning uh, there's parts of AI and there's varying parts of AI. I, AI is such a w wide swath of, uh, you know, um, generative AI from, you know, AI that's used to treat and cure disease. But right now, like, in terms of your flights that you book online, uses AI algorithms to determine which flights should be used or whatnot. AI is being used on your phone subtly. <laughs> What's a funny anecdotal thing with uh, AI is that human beings inherently are very patient with other human beings when you get something wrong, right? Hey, uh, Steve, I'm not going to, can you do this uh, calendar for me and put the times in and it's wrong and I go, no, this is wrong on here. We have zero patience if the computer gets it wrong, right? We start screaming at it. And if AI gets something wrong, right, everybody goes, oh my God, it doesn't work because it didn't get this one thing right. Well, you never say that to a human being. Yeah. So we have to just understand that it won't get everything right out of the gate and it might hallucinate and have different things that are wrong. It takes you to curate it to figure out what right is. But human beings don't either, guys, right? Or, yeah. or folks, right? They just don't get everything right depending on who they are. So I think we have to give AI a little bit of a break and breathing room and, and understand that it's there to help you and not be berated by you. Well, you said, um, you know, Amazon is a prime example. I see what you did there. That was- You really like good. it? Good. You're brilliant. Yeah. Even when you don't want to, I mean, when you don't realize it, yeah. you're not trying to be. I no. thought about that in uh, one day <laughs> delivery to your doorstep. No, Overnight. I think it's, um, you know, that, that point of that frustration with technology, right? Humans, we, everyone knows the term trigger words now, but there are good trigger words and there are bad trigger words. Uh, when you need um, help from another human being, a good trigger word is because. That, you know, when you say, can I cut you in line? No way in hell. Can I cut you in line because my child is sick? Please step ahead. You can take my seat, take my whatever. So, you know, it's AI is a series of prompts that you have to ask trigger words uh, to get the right, you know, response. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's what you put, you know, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And we spend a lot of time on generating what are the best prompts. And the best prompts come from people that are very knowledgeable about their space. You know, our, our creative directors or designers uh, that we have here would know probably better than me about color theory in, uh, uh, you know, different gestalt principles and things like that. Well, if they're applying their knowledge into a prompt, they're going to get a better result than I could by saying, uh, make this picture better or whatnot. Insecurity and safety is a huge concern when dealing with AI. 
um, what we're doing here with AdGPT. Can you explain what that is and how we are on the forefront of AI right now? An API is basically a, a, a filtering tool, a, a, a guide, a, a series of, of keys that can help you get the most out of existing AI tools like ChatGBT. And we felt it was important, like everything we do, uh, that it starts, it begins on the inside out. So we wanted to create an API that would help our employees have a play, play in a, 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 a for an AI sandbox, right? But do it in a way that was safe and uh, protected uh, any proprietary information that our clients may share with us uh, in a closed, safe loop um, that would be, and Scott can talk more about destructive capabilities and all those things. We wanted to make sure that if people were searching and experimenting with API, they were doing it in a sandbox. And like you would with your kids, you want to have a sandbox that is safe and welcoming and and fun. So we feel that fun, um, you know, play is essential, right? It's how humans first learn. We wanted to create a tool, and that's Add GPT, where our team can go in, play in the sandbox, and hopefully have that aha moment, because that is when you know the adoption goes from like skepticism to I can't live without this. Mm -hmm. Scott. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, putting uh, parameters and guide rails, I think any organization would have this, no matter how big or small, of uh, when can you use AI tools and when can't you, and what systems can and can't you use it on. There's still a host of questions on image generation, even copy about copyright and things like that. So our policy is that internally, uh, currently, and this might change, is that it's not used for final product, but we use it for ideation and creative concepting on things. So within a short period of time, we were really able to leverage our OpenAI's API uh, and build a tool, an app, to let our team members explore and play in the sandbox, to Steve's point, in AI. Uh, and they have the ability to do image generation, copy generation, text-to-speech, speech-to-text. They can do multiple languages. Uh, and they can just play and see how it would benefit them. And each person has their own individual sandbox. So it's not a it's not a unified where everybody shares the same one. Everybody has their own. And it's pretty uh, unique. And it's pretty amazing that we're able to pull that off in a very short period of time. Where it is, to Steve's point, a closed loop, meaning the data that we put in is what we call a destructive API where the model isn't trained on that data. So whatever is put in, stops right then and there. So we don't have to worry about personal information getting out and as well as the credentialing to try to log in and authentication. So it kind of checked the boxes on a lot of things that we did and actually became a really um, efficient model to have, but it also opens up the, you know, the playground box of creativity and just trying things out. Large language models, they inform but they also take as much as they give. So that closed network with that destructive capability was absolutely crucial because it's like the internet on, on incredible steroids, right? What you put out there, you can't take back because we do a lot of work in healthcare. We're always about protecting information. We're always about doing that. We wanted people to learn and explore these things, but do it in a safe environment. 
you know, protect the IP at all costs. All right. Well, guess what, Steve? Guess what, Joe? That will do it for episode seven of the Brand Slam podcast. Scott, thank you for joining us. We're over already. Is that it? That's it. Am I done? You're done. You can go back to work. All right, good. That was easy. This is an appetizer, though, right? Yeah, this is an appetizer. We're going to have you on for many more episodes because we have we have a lot to dive into. It's all downhill from here. I just want to let you know. This is the limited series, yeah. but yeah, you know, you'll be on. Uh, you'll be on forever. You're like Grey's Anatomy. You'll be on. Of course, for more information, you can visit adventures.com that's adventures with two d's you can also email the show at brandslam at adventures.com for steve rosa i'm joe Gayana. thanks for listening and see you next time thanks everybody peace out thank you for letting us get real about artificial intelligence brand slam will have more ai conversations in the coming months if you have topics you'd like us to explore email us at brandslam at adventures.com And maybe, just maybe, we'll get to discuss them in future episodes. Thanks for joining us.